Chris and his wife, Kathleen, live in Anderson, South Carolina, where Chris leads a recovery ministry, as well as his ministry as an evangelist. In this message, Chris teaches us about the kingdom of God and the role that we play as believers in building the kingdom as we become more like the king. He helps us see what the kingdom of Jesus looks like in practical and tangible ways. Chris has an amazing salvation testimony and is a gifted evangelist. He also just became a dad. You're gonna love this message. Some of the scriptures Chris reference are John 3.3 and Colossians 1.13. So let's get started. Crossroads, how's everybody doing this morning? You good? Hey, let's give Jesus a round of applause already for what he's done this week. Hundreds of you guys have repented of your sin and placed your faith in Jesus. Man, he's moving, he's working, and man, I'm honored uh, to be here. Who's had a good time so far? Has anybody had fun all the way in the back? You had fun? All right, all right. Well, I'm so honored to be here. Uh, Would y'all pray with me, and then we'll jump into our scripture and our message. Let's pray together. King Jesus, this is about you. This whole camp is about you. Our lives are about you. Everything is about you. And Holy Spirit, we invite you now. Take over this room. Take over my tongue and my brain and speak your words, Father. Draw people to yourself and flood us with kingdom courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many people have ever had to have courage before in your life? Has anybody ever had to have some courage in your life? I had to have some courage when I was 12 years old because I had a crush on a girl named Carrie. Who's ever had a crush on somebody before? Come on, anybody. I know your youth pastors are looking, but I think we've all had a crush on somebody before. Come on. All the leaders' hands are up and stuff. Amen. But I had a crush on a girl named Carrie. But I was very awkward. Had a speech impediment my whole life, and every time I went up to her, I was like, all right, this is the day, right? Now's the day I'm going to go up to her, I'm going to hug her or something, I'm going to tell her that I like her, and I'd always kind of come up to her, and I'd get close, and then I'd I'd wimp out. I'd turn around, right? It's like, I, I can't do that right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but this one time I'm hanging out with all my friends at a carnival. Right? We're eating hot dogs, funnel cakes, all kinds of cheese and all kinds of different things, cotton candy. We're hanging out, having fun, eating lots of food. And in the middle of all of our fun, up comes Carrie. And I was like, y'all, this is my opportunity. Right? I'm going to tell her that I like her. I'm going to hold her hand. I'm going to kiss her on the Ferris wheel in Jesus' name. This is my plan. And everything was going kind of fine. We're all kind of hanging out. And I'm like, okay, how do I not be awkward? Oh, that's awkward. Let's not do that. And everything was going kind of fine until somebody had the worst idea in the history of the world. And ultimately, they said, we should ride these horrible 
but demonic things called the teacups. <laughs> Has anybody ever ridden those before, the teacups? Those things are going to be in hell. Can I just tell you, cats and teacups, that's what hell's going to be like in Jesus' name, right? I'm kind of joking. Kind of. Here's my thought process, though, at that point. Every other time I'd ridden these horrible, demonic things called the teacups, I had projectile vomited all over everything. Every time. It's like, this time's going to be different. I'd get on, I'd ride it, I'd puke all over everything. Yet here's my thought process. I'm in the sixth grade now. I'm a big dog. I'm 12 years old. Who is 12 in this room? Any 12-year-olds up in here? Okay, I was your age. And I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm, I'm going to hop on the ride. So I get on this ride. And if you don't know what the teacups are, it's this giant ride that spins very fast this way and smaller things on it that spin very fast the opposite way. So you feel like you're going like all kinds of different directions, and it's crazy. It's, it's the worst thing ever. Hop on, though. I'm like, I'm going to impress Carrie. This is my moment. She's going to be like, wow, what a man. He rode the teacups. I hopped on the ride approximately 23.1 seconds later. I felt the hot dogs and the funnel cakes and the cotton candy and the nacho cheese hitting the back of my throat. Yet I did what any 12-year-old would do. I swallowed that mug. I did. Amen. Come on. I wish that was the end of the story. <laughs> Approximately three seconds later, I could feel it all come back up. This time it was not just in the back of my throat, it filled my entire mouth. It started running down out of my nose. And this time I could not hold it in any longer, but I literally, true story, I puked all over everyone. It was terrible. It's worse than you're thinking of right now. And if you can imagine, I didn't hold Carrie's hand that night. I definitely didn't smooch her on the Ferris wheel. She's like, puke breath. Yet in that moment, I needed some courage uh, to get on that ride. And can we be honest for a minute here? Here in our world right now, I man, I feel like we're on that ride as a culture and a country and a world. Everything kind of feels like it's spinning around. Over the past 18 months, man, I feel like things have just gone crazy in our world. It feels like we're spinning 300 bazillion miles an hour this way, and then we're spinning 300 bazillion miles the other way, and we feel kind of disoriented with life. And here's the thing that I want to try to emphasize this morning is that if we're going to follow Jesus in this world, we need some kingdom courage. Touch your neighbor and tell them, we need some kingdom courage. 
So here's the question I want to try to answer this morning, and it's this. How can we live with kingdom courage? In this crazy world, when things are spinning, and this cultural thing is saying this, and your parents are saying that, and the news channel is saying this, and social media is saying this, and things feel like they're spinning, and our culture is getting further and further away from Jesus and his teachings, how can we follow Jesus, how can we live with kingdom courage? The scripture uh, that we read, if you have a Bible, go ahead and flip over there to Acts chapter 4. But the context of this passage is that Jesus is a real person. He's a real person. He's not Lord of the Rings. He's not Harry Potter. He's not the Easter Bunny, right? Real dude really came to earth and really lived a perfect life in our place. He was healing people. He was casting out evil spirits. He was teaching about the kingdom of God. But then, as you know the story, he was arrested, he was spit on, he was whipped, and eventually crucified on a criminal's cross. On the third day, though, after that, he didn't stay dead, amen, But Jesus Christ literally rose from the grave conquering sin and death and everything. He had some closest uh, friends of his, followers of his, including Peter and John, who we read about in this story. He was hanging out with them, teaching them about the things about uh, the kingdom of God. And then he ascended into heaven, and these scared little boys are hiding in an upper room in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. They're scared to death. They're like, man, we've been following this Jesus guy for three years now, and he's been doing all this incredible stuff, and we thought he was the Messiah, except he was just killed. Except then the craziest thing happened. He hopped up from the grave, and then he ascended into heaven, and here we are, scared to death, because they're probably going to kill us as well. Except a crazy thing happens. The Holy Spirit falls on them in Acts chapter 2, and they start doing the same things that Jesus had done. Healing the sick, teaching about the kingdom of God. And then in Acts chapter 3, if you're there, flip over one page real quick to Acts chapter 3. What happens is they heal this man, and everyone starts responding to the gospel. Thousands of people are like, man, if, if, if he can do that, I, I want some of this Jesus as well. And they start responding to the teachings of the apostles. But then all these people are getting saved and there's riots and all kinds of crazy stuff happen. And what happens is they start getting in trouble just like Jesus did. And uh, the rulers and the leaders call Peter and John in and they're like, hey, listen, Love all this stuff you're doing, the Jesus teaching, really, really cool and stuff. But y'all are causing, like, riots and stuff. So here's what we're going to do. Stop teaching about Jesus. Stop preaching about Jesus. It's okay if you go to church on Sundays, but stop actually living out your faith on a regular basis. It's okay if you have private prayers and stuff like that, but don't tell other people about Jesus. But I love their response, right? They said, hey, 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 listen, 
we have to listen to God, not to you. You're telling us not to preach. He tells us to preach. And what happens is they charge him not to do it, and they leave anyways. They go to their friends. They pray together, and the Holy Spirit falls on them again, and they keep operating in kingdom courage. Okay, what is kingdom courage? I'm going to have it on our screens right here. But kingdom courage is spirit-inspired courage and confidence to speak and act for the gospel in spite of any threat. Kingdom courage is spirit-inspired courage and confidence to speak and act for the gospel in spite of any threat. How can we live with this kingdom courage when things are spinning around, culture is going crazy, your friends believe this, your parents believe this, the news channel's believing this, and things feel like they're spinning, but we're called to follow Jesus. How can we follow Jesus? How can we live with kingdom courage? I've got three points for us this morning real quick. Point number one is this, is how we live with kingdom courage is that our view of God must be greater than our view of man. Our view of God must be greater than our view of man. They're healing people, teaching about the kingdom of God. There's riots that are happening because all these people are responding to the message of Christ. They get called in and they're like, hey, stop talking about this Jesus. But here they say in the scripture, man, we have to listen to God more than we listen to you. Here's the thing about these guys that we need to know to learn from this text. Is that these guys had had a real encounter with Jesus. Man, this was not just, oh, I heard some teachings, I went to Sunday school. No, no, no. They had had a real encounter with Jesus. Man, they had literally watched him crucified on a cross and then watched him rise up from the grave Again, it explains this in the Old Testament. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can mere man do to me? All right, picture this for a minute, right? So when I leave here, I'm about 20 minutes down the road is where my house is, right? But I'm almost out of gas, right? So I'm going to go to the gas station after this. I want you to picture this in your mind. I leave here, I get off the stage, hop in my car, I go to the gas station, and I hop out of my car, and I'm pumping my gas, I'm all alone, and three guys come up to me and say, hey man, I need your wallet. I'll be honest with you, I'm probably going to give them my wallet, right? I could maybe handle one, be like, man, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm all right, I'm kind of tall, I could, I could handle one of you guys, but maybe two, probably not. Honestly, probably not even one. Can we be honest, right? Kind of short and white and can't jump very well. So that, that, that probably won't work out very well, right? But if there's three of them, I'm just going to hand them my wallet. I'm be like, bro, is it okay if I get my driver's license out of there? Because, you know, DMV is chaotic. You can have the money. It's, it's, it's fine, right? I'm going to give them my wallet. But picture the same thing, the exact same scenario. But this time I'm not alone. Uh, that Clayton is in my car with me, and Floyd Money Mayweather, right? Me, which if you can imagine those conversations in the car, that would be fun, 
right? I wish we just had a recording of that, like a podcast of me, Clayton, and Floyd Money Mayweather, right? But we get in the car, head to the gas station. I'm pumping my gas at the gas station, and same scenario happens. Three guys get out of the car and say, hey, bro, give me your wallet. I ain't giving them my wallet. Here's the reason why. Because I know that there are people with me who are way stronger than me by myself. And if we're going to live with kingdom courage, Crossroads, we've got to know that there is one who is with us who is way more powerful than any other person in the world. His name is Jesus. He promised in the great commission, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And God is all-powerful. He's everywhere at once. He's all-knowing. This is the God who is with us always. And people are not those things. Here's how Paul explained it in Galatians chapter 1. If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a follower of Jesus. How can we live with kingdom courage? Well, one, our view of God must be greater than our view of man. And here's point number two, is that we must value the mission as more important than our personal safety and comfort. Man, if we're going to live with kingdom courage, we must value the mission as more important than our personal safety and comfort. Oh man, our world is obsessed with comfort and safety. Our world is obsessed with comfort and safety, man. Have you seen those parents, this is a side note, but have you seen those parents who have helmets on their kids? Have you seen this? And a leash? I get it, right? I just had a little girl about two months ago who I love so much. Her name is Evelyn. I want to do anything possible to protect this girl. Yet if you see me in public and homegirl has a helmet and a leash, you have permission to smack me. Right? We're obsessed with comfort and safety. It's even in the church, right? When we go on mission trips, what do we pray for? Lord, Please let it be safe over there. Lord, help the hotel to be comfortable we're staying at. Oh, Lord, help the food to be so good. Lord, we want to be comfortable and safe and help there to be no danger, no threat, right? Yet here in this scripture, look at what the early church prayed for. They prayed for boldness. They did not pray for safety and comfort. They prayed for kingdom courage. Here's what Jesus said. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. This is our commandment as followers of Jesus. This is not optional. And all through church history, people have laid down their lives because they knew this one thing. I want you to write this down. Heaven and hell hang in the balance of go and tell. Heaven and hell hang in the balance of go and tell. 
We have to know in our inner people that this thing, this, this thing we do to tell others about Jesus, to, man, advance the gospel, advance the kingdom, make disciples, heaven and hell literally hangs in the balance of our obedience to this. This is not a game. This is reality. Um, and there's other countries, right, where if you lived for Christ, actually, that you'd literally get your head chopped off. Here in America, that's probably not going to happen, yet you will probably be made fun of. School and stuff, when you're inviting people to church and you're praying for people and, and, and saying, hey, I can't do that because I'm a Christian, uh, you're probably going to lose some friends over it. And here's the thing we have to know is that we must value the mission over our personal comfort and safety. So here's my question for you this morning. Are you willing to get uncomfortable to follow Jesus? Are you really willing to lay down your life to follow Jesus? Here's what I know in this room that here's a whole bunch of you guys that are called to ministry. There's a whole bunch of you guys in this room that are literally going to pick up everything and uh, to move to the Middle East or Asia or Africa or Eastern Europe are going to actually lay down your life for the gospel. Praise God for that. But all of us are called to live on mission. And we must know that the mission is more important than our personal comfort and safety. Well, this crazy world is spinning around. There's culture wars going on, there's this view, there's that view. It feels like we're spinning on the teacups about to puke with the hot dog hitting the back of the throat and the funnel cake and the cotton candy filling your mouth and running out your nose. Yet we're called to live with kingdom courage. How we do that is our view of God must be greater than our, our view of man. And, oh man, and we must value the mission as more important than our personal safety and comfort. And then lastly, point number three is this, is that we must trust in God's power to fill us more than in our own strength. The Holy Spirit's power is greater than my personal strength. I mean, I love Peter and John, so after they are in trouble and uh, they get arrested and they're told, hey, guys, you can't speak about Jesus anymore. You can't do this. Uh, they ran out of there and went to their friends. I mean, what do their friends pray for over them? They say, all right, let's pray for them. I just wish you would let them know how awesome they are how awesome they are at speaking, how, how, how great of a person they are. No, no, no. They prayed that the Holy Spirit would fill them. Man, we need some friends in our life that won't just encourage us in who we are, but we need some friends who will encourage us in the Lord and pray for us and pray that the Holy Spirit would fill us. In Acts chapter 2, what made those scared little boys switch from cowards into people with kingdom courage is the filling of the Holy Spirit. And it's exactly the same thing that we see happening here. 
I love Paul when he says that God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of love and power and sound mind. We must operate with kingdom courage in this crazy world. And how we do that is we have to trust in God's power to fill us more than our own strength. Um, And I want to close with this, man. So if you haven't, if you're kind of zoned out in the middle of all that scripture and all that theology, man, I want you to lean back in for a minute. Because all this that I just explained to you is not just a thing that's kind of a catchy talk for me that I think, okay, this is, this is really cool, and it's going to hype some students up, and then we're going to leave here unchanged. But rather, this is a thing I have to live by every single day. I mean, I'll give you a little bit of uh, just my story and stuff. So uh, I had a horrible speech impediment as a kid. Um, if you would have said, hey, what's your name when I was 8 or 12 years old, I couldn't have told you. would have said, I'm... Every single word, I stuttered, and I couldn't speak at all. I had lots of anxiety that went along with that. If you can imagine, right, going to school was no fun for me. It was like everywhere I went, I was just, I was just clenched up, and I was, I was anxious every place I went. But on top of that, I just had this emptiness inside of my soul but that I really didn't understand why it was there. I had friends and family members that were happy about life, and they were running around smiley and cheery and stuff. And I could put on the external happy face, yet on the inside of me, I just felt like there was a hole in my soul, that something was wrong. I mean, at a young age, I made a decision that, hey, if I'm going to put up with all this speech impediment stuff, anxiety, and I've got this emptiness, this hole in my soul, then I'm going to try to get as much pleasure from this world as possible. Um, I started chasing after all kinds of different things, uh, sports at first, but as I said earlier, I'm short and white and can't jump, so that didn't work out so well, so that didn't really do a good job of, of calming my nerves. And I was like, okay, if it's not sports, then I'll try to get really popular. Um, and I had all the right clothes and tried to say the right things and acted the right way, but I still had an emptiness. I still had that anxiety. And I tried all kinds of different things, uh, but eventually I smoked weed for the first time. And I thought I had found my answer, to be honest with you. It's like, man, it calms me down a little bit. That hole inside of me kind of feels smaller for a little bit. And I smoked weed for the first time, and I thought that was going to be the only drug I ever did. But quickly that led into harder and harder drugs, and I became a full-blown heroin addict. As a senior in high school, all I did every single day was uh, to try to get heroin and do heroin. Um, I was in and out of treatment centers trying to get sober, couldn't find anything that worked. I did all kinds of meetings and rehabs, and I was was really broken, y'all. And I hit a hard bottom. I had lots of friends that overdosed and died, and, and uh, just I was in and out of jail, all, all kinds of stuff. I had all kinds of health issues and financial issues, and eventually uh, that I got down to like 100 pounds. I was the same height as I am now, about 80 pounds lighter. And I'd hit rock bottom. 
But I ended up at a treatment center in Florence, South Carolina, about three hours from here. Um, and I went, and I was really hopeless. Uh, but about a week later, I was invited to a church service. I mean, I had been to church before. I would kind of heard about Jesus. I'd even prayed a prayer a couple times before, but it did not do anything in my life. Yet that night, headed to church. I was a few days clean, 100 pounds. I had track marks up and down my arms. Still couldn't talk. And I heard the gospel. I heard that there's a real God who loves broken people. I heard that there's a real God that if I handed him all the pieces of my life, he would make it into something beautiful. Oh, man, I heard about a God that that emptiness that I was feeling is a God-sized hole, and if I asked him to come into my life, that he would fill it with his spirit. I heard about a God that came to earth, lived a perfect life in my place, was crucified on a cross and rose from the grave. And if I placed my trust in him, I could be forgiven. And man, I'm telling you, I prayed to receive Christ that night. And I said, hey, I don't understand all of it, but I repent of my sin. I don't want to do that anymore. And I'm going to place my faith in King Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, nothing has been the same since. That hole that was in my soul, he began to fill it with himself. And I've been clean ever since. I haven't touched alcohol or drugs ever since that day. Yeah, we give God glory. Come on. Three months after that, though. I'm trying to follow Jesus, man, trying to pray, trying to read the Bible, trying to go to church, trying to learn how to do this whole thing. And I hear the Holy Spirit one day say, I want you to preach the gospel. And I was like, mm, nah, like I'll clean toilets, Lord. I'll do whatever else you want to do, but I literally can't tell you my name. I literally have the worst speech impediment in the history of the world. I think I can't talk. I can't order a hamburger at McDonald's, right? Like, I, I can't do this. But he ultimately said, I made your mouth. I can do anything I want with you. And I was like, eh, well, I guess I'm in. And slowly over the past, that was 10 years ago now, he has slowly healed my speech every single day, every single year, and placed me in situations where I needed kingdom courage. Every time I'm at a restaurant or something and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go tell that person about me, I need kingdom courage. It's God, I've got to remember that you are greater than man. I have to remember that heaven and hell hangs in the balance of go and tell, and I've got to remember it's not my eloquence, it's your power. Every time I get on stages to preach. It happened this morning. I'm nervous. My palms are sweating. I'm like, God, can I do anything other than this? <laughs> and I have to remember that he is greater than the opinions of man. That heaven and hell hangs in the balance of go and tell. And there's people here this morning who are going to give their lives to Jesus just like I did almost 11 years ago. And that matters. Therefore, I'm going to show up. And I have to remember that it's not my eloquence 
Oh, man, it isn't that if I get all the illustrations right and if I'm really engaging and all. No, no, no. How lives are changed is the Holy Spirit empowers me and he works in the hearts of people. We need some kingdom courage. So let's head into invitation time right now, man. I believe there are some people here that need to meet Christ. That as I was as a kid, man, that I had heard the gospel many times. And if I'm honest with you, I had prayed a few prayers before in services like this and been like, all right, I'm going to do it. But I didn't really understand what I was doing. And here this morning, I want to give you a chance to truly repent of your sin and believe in Christ. It's not your effort that makes you right with God, my friends. Man, it is your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Oh man, if you would, would you close your eyes real quick and bow your heads and I wanna give you a chance to respond to that. If that's you, then I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. But isn't it the prayer that saves you? It's not if you get all the words right, it's a heart posture. Of man, I'm just gonna trust Christ. I'm placing my faith in him and I wanna follow him for the rest of my life. If that's you, would you just pray in your heart something like this? He's closer than your closest thoughts. He hears you, he's here, he loves you. And pray something like this in your heart. Heavenly Father, I need you to save me. I know I'm a sinner and I know I can't save myself, but I believe that you can. I believe you died on the cross in my place and I believe you rose from the grave. I repent of my sin and I place my faith in you, Jesus. With all heads down and all eyes closed, if you just prayed that and you meant it, would you put your hand over your head in order that I can see it? Anybody else? You can put it up right now. Awesome, awesome. There's a few of you guys. Would you leave it up for me so I can count? And if it's kind of halfway, would you stick it all the way up in order that I can see? Awesome, awesome, guys. Let's praise the Lord real quick. Five people just responded to the gospel this morning. Oh man, if you just pray that prayer, uh, would you let your youth leader know at some point, they, actually right after this service, would you pull them aside and say, hey, I prayed with Chris um, and how do I keep following Jesus? Uh, but lastly, what I'd love to do is pray over all the people that want to live on mission for Jesus. So if you're here, Um, and you want to truly follow Jesus, yet you need some more kingdom courage in your life. And I'm standing up. 
would you hop to your feet right now? And I just want to pray over all the people. I'm standing up right now. Come on, anybody else? Awesome. Anybody else? What you're standing for right now. If you're standing up right now, the reason why you're standing is, hey, I want to truly follow Jesus. But I know that in my own strength, I can't do it. I need God's power. Exactly like in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell on those believers. And in Acts chapter 4 as well when they prayed and said, hey, God, we want to do it, but we can't in our own strength. But the Holy Spirit fell. I'm praying that would happen in us as well here in this room in order that we can go and live on mission in this crazy world that's spinning in all kinds of different directions. Would you put your hands out in a posture of I'm ready to receive? Holy Spirit, come. We acknowledge that we are weak, but it's in our weakness your strength is made perfect. And God, I pray that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit right now. Change our hearts and help us to live all in lives for you, King Jesus. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, I hope today's podcast gave you some little secrets for your big breakthrough. If you are inspired and encouraged by this message, don't forget to check out our Crossroads Winter Conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee in January 2022. You can find information about this event on our Clayton King Ministries website. Also, our speakers would love to be a part of your next event or speak at your church. You can request a speaker on claytonkinglive.com forward slash speakers. That's claytonkinglive.com forward slash speakers. And finally, please let us know how this podcast has impacted you on our Overcoming Monday Instagram account. You can send me a DM or leave a comment. Thanks for listening. I hope I've given you something to overcome your Monday.